You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Bellato, joined as always by Chris Flum, and we are here, Chris, baby. It is playoff week. The New York Giants have their wild card matchup back in Minnesota where the Giants narrowly lost to the Vikings off of a Greg Joseph 61-yard field goal back in week 16. I'm really excited about this week, and we are here to kind of get everyone familiarized with the recent news on the New York Giants, but also giving an overview of the 2022 season, one of the more successful seasons in recent memory. I mean, the Giants haven't made the playoffs since 2016. The boat trip curse is finally broken, Chris. <laughs> freaking amazing. How you doing? You know, I, I'm doing well. I My voice, a little tired right now because we basically just had a podcast talking before <laughs> we started recording that we didn't record, but don't worry, folks. It was really just very interesting. Football talk, we will record it at some point and you'll we'll all get to hear our thoughts on the matter but right now let's let's just kind of talk about the news because the giants have definitely had some that could be very impactful and then maybe give a little put a little bow on the 2022 regular season set up some context for this playoff game so the news (laughs) the news is mike kafka is going to be interviewed by the carolina panthers for their head coach spot this Interview will take place after the New York Giants game against the Minnesota Vikings. Look, I'm not surprised by this whatsoever. Mike Kafka is 35 years old. He hasn't been coaching for long. This is his first time as an offensive coordinator calling plays, but he worked under Andy Reid, the coach who drafted him back in 2010 when he was a quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a very bright Northwestern grad, and I'm not shocked, man. The NFL is going in this direction where they are looking for offensive-minded young head coaches who can relate to their players and who can be innovative. And when you think about Mike Kafka and the job that he did with Daniel Jones this year, kind of turning Daniel Jones's career around because a lot of people kind of lambasted Daniel Jones and left him for dead after two years with Jason Garrett. Mike Kafka comes in and the Giants are now what? They finished 11th overall in offensive EPA. Last year, Chris, they were 32nd. They were dead last. No one was even close to them. In 2020, they were 30th. In 2019, they were 24th. The red zone touchdown percentage for Mike Kafka skyrocketed, right? Relative to other years. They ranked in the top 10. They were seventh in red zone touchdown percentage. They haven't finished in the top 10 since 2014. Before that, it was 2011. The Giants haven't necessarily been the most efficient team in recent memory. When they get down into the red area, Mike Kafka, Brian Dable come in. That completely turns around, and we have seen the creativity week in and week out from this coordinator. Yes, even when during the Giants kind of midseason skid right around the bye week, fans were, I think, ready to move on from Kafka. Nothing ever really changed about his offense, or at least his offensive philosophy. He is all about identifying opponents' tendencies and then adapting to exploit them. And as you said, Kafka is 35. This is his first offensive coordinator gig. 
the previous two years under Andy Reid, that Andy Reid coaching tree, which has produced so many great coaches of late, he was the quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator. So he was kind of, sort of, <laughs> an offensive coordinator. But I, I got to say, this does feel a little bit early for a head coaching gig for him. But as you said, the NFL is absolutely moving towards hiring young, innovative, offensive minds who can push the game forward because it, teams have realized, I think, that you need to win on offense. It used to be if you had a good running game and a great defense, that could carry you as far as you needed to go. But now you need to win with the ball in your hand. You need to score points. And I think the these younger coaches, this new generation of coaches, guys our age, which is weird to think of, yeah, they are willing to look at the college game. They are willing to question the received wisdom of you know, the old Bill Walsh Air and Air Coriel offenses and say, hey, do do we can we do this better? Can we do this more efficiently? Can what can we improve on this? And it's paid up a, a lot of dividends. You know, we saw that with Sean McVay. We, we've seen that with Kyle Shanahan. And now the Giants have seen it with Mike Kafka and unfortunately kind of first world problems. They might lose him for it. They might lose him for it. And you got to look at Daniel Jones. I think the most important thing Mike Kafka has done and Brian Dable, obviously, but we're focusing on Mike Kafka here is get the most out of Daniel Jones, who set a career high in passing yards, yards per attempt, set a career high in completion percentage and his rushing ability, which is arguably one of his best traits. It's his athletic ability. This guy rushed for over 700 yards this year. It's a lot. And it's not like he was ripping off 80-yard runs like he did in 2020, Chris, when he eventually fell down. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like that. He was ripping off just 20-yard runs. Twenty, I think 25 was like his longest run. That's not that long. It just goes to show how many important plays that he was picking up six, seven, eight, you know, 10, 15 yards with his legs. And a lot of it was a byproduct of the system. And what Mike Kafka and Brian Dable were telling him to do, because if the B gap came open and he didn't love what he saw, Daniel Jones was instructed to use his legs and pick up six, you know, pick up four, whatever he could get with his legs. And unfortunately, he would take some big hits sometimes. Luckily, he did not end up getting injured. But I think that was a huge coaching point and it really allowed the Giants to move the football down the field. Yeah, it was a lot of the Giants offense this year. And this is to Dayball and Kafka's credit was you know, just quick one or two read progressions in the passing game and then green light to run. If that B gap opens up or if nobody is looking at you in on those bootleg rollouts, just pull the ball down, go upfield. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a huge highlight play, but it does keep the offense moving. It does give you that many more chances. And that was ultimately what I think kind of took the Giants offense to where it needed to be for the season. It, they stayed incredibly risk averse, but they were able to do so in a way that still picked up positive yardage. You, it, it's the old, you don't go broke making a profit mindset, but they did it in a very modern way. Now, the, the question I have is whether Wink Martindale 
is going to start getting coaching requests because what he has done this year is every bit as impressive as what Mike Kafka has done, if not more so, considering the injuries the Giants had on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I'm not sure, man. Wink Martindale, what is he, 59 years old, if I'm not mistaken. He's a defensive guy. It just seems like there aren't a lot of coaching candidates who are older, who have been around the league, especially ones who are kind of deviating from the, I would say, general consensus around the league. A lot of people are using quarters and too high type of defenses. Wink Martindale's middle of the field closed, a lot of man coverage. And I think him as a leader, he absolutely deserves a shot. You just listen to him talk and you see how much reverence a lot of the players in the locker room have for Wink Martindale. I think the leadership qualities that he just displays should give him a shot. I just don't know if NFL owners are going to go in that direction when you have a lot of young offensive minds like Mike Kafka, who I think can get the most out of their quarterback. I think this is a quarterback-driven league, and teams are looking for more offensive guys than defensive guys. We just haven't seen that many defensive guys be hired recently. We had Eberflus, who was a younger guy from the Colts, go to the Bears. You had Vic Fangio a couple years ago go to the Broncos. He is no longer the head coach there. I don't, selfishly do not want Wink Martindale to leave because I love him as a defensive coordinator, but for his career, I hope he eventually gets a shot because I think he has earned it. Yes, I I definitely agree. I think the fact that he is, as you said, a little bit older and a defensive mind, that is, I think, definitely going to hold him back. Yeah, you know, he I think he kind of compares to Lovey Smith, who was just fired by the Houston Texans after one year, you know, as an older defensive coach. And yeah, I think a defensive coach absolutely can have success in the modern NFL. But they can't do it in the Rex Ryan type of way where the defense is their baby and the offense is there to score just enough points to give the defense a lead and then not screw up. I think a defensive coach can be successful, but he needs to understand that the offense has to lead and that the offense has to really get the bulk of the attention and the bulk of the resources and he would need to hire a an offensive coach that he trusts to run the whole thing and i think if you pair wink martindale with a really quality young offensive coordinator say obviously not these two individuals who are looking to be head coaches mike kafka or ben johnson from the detroit lions he could easily have success and circling back to mike kafka just another i think point of acknowledgement for him this guy dealt with so many injuries to the wide receiver position and somehow still had success with said wide receivers. Think about going into the season, Chris. The 11 personnel package for the New York Giants was supposed to be Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, and Kadarius Toney. Those are the three that we always talked about. That did not materialize, right? Like Wondell Robinson was supposed to be the guy who was going to cycle in and find his way into the lineup. He's done for the season. And now we're looking at an 11 personnel package that is Darius Slayton, a guy who was buried on the depth chart, Isaiah Hodgins, who I feel like is wildly underrated, and Richie James. And those guys are performing well. I get a lot of people are like, oh, these are practice squad wide receivers. I, I think that's a little bit um, off. I don't think that's the best way to describe these players. I think they've outplayed that reputation at this point. But you look at that, you look at the left guard situation. Mike Kafka has had to adjust and evolve. And then if you really want to talk about the X's and O's, what Mike Kafka has done from week one till now, he has consistently kind of tried different things to maximize his personnel. And I really just look at him and I look at Brian Dable. And I think this is also definitely a, a point in Brian Dable's 
uh, camp in terms of him being coach of the year because Mike Kafka is a coach under him. But you look at Dable and Kafka and what they've been able to do with this offensive approach throughout the season, how much they have evolved throughout the season. I really do believe that they just did an excellent job. And here we are heading into a wild card game against the Minnesota Vikings. Just incredible. Yeah, the, we have tried to give credit to the Giants coaches all year long. And what they have done is wildly impressive. Yeah, I, I, I think we felt the Giants had assembled a very good coaching staff when they first got together. They first made their hires a little less than a year ago. But now it, it has exceeded, I think, even our wildest expectations. And you know, now they're going to have to deal with the consequences of that success as other teams look at them and say, hey, we we want those guys. And if Kafka leaves, if he gets hired away, you know, then I think we start to look at, you know, okay, who replaces him? You know, does Brian Dayball start calling the plays? You know, I'm not sure I like that. I really do like it when the head coach is kind of the the CEO and yeah. You have the the offensive and defensive coordinators just concentrating on managing their units while the head coach manages the game as a whole. That has worked very well for the Giants pretty consistently. You know, where do you look to find another young head coach or another offensive mind who can be as versatile in evolving and coaching to the players? that he has available as Mike Kafka was. Or it could be Shea, yeah, it could be Shea Tierney. I mean, he's the quarterback coach, has been with Brian Dable for quite a while, knows that system. It's a name that I feel like is the first name that comes to my mind. I don't know if the Giants would outsource and try to find somebody else. It's very plausible that they may, but it's definitely a name to keep in mind. But Chris, before we discuss more about this coaching success and just how the Giants 2022 season materialized, Let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Chris. Look, not a lot of people picked the Giants to make the playoffs. It was something that was popular back in training camp. But here they are. And I think the primary reason why the Giants are in this position is the coaching. It's what we've been talking about this entire podcast. This 
coaching staff really has all of these players bought in. We've talked about the evolution of the offense. We've talked about how they have overcome adversity due to the injuries in the secondary on the offensive line. And then at the wide receiver position specifically, we talked about how they maximized Daniel Jones. I'll Saquon Barkley. We haven't even mentioned this. He's back to being his 2018 self, if not even better at this point. But this is just a very well-prepared and a very disciplined football team. And you don't see them shoot themselves in the foot too often. And I think that's one big reason why they are in the position they're in right now. Yeah, it really is. The Giants, the Giants have had a very narrow path to victory all season long. And one of their biggest advantages or, I don't know, the 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 ways in which they have won that don't really show up on the box score is they didn't make misca- mistakes they didn't have breakdowns in execution which speaks to the coaching staff they for the most part let the other team make all of the mistakes and that led to a bunch of hidden yardage which is something get to i think in a little bit and the giants were just very very consistent all year long uh football outsiders has their variance metric where they just rate how much a team's dvoa changes which is their metric it's a defense adjusted value above average i think it is and it's it basically measures how your team does in comparison to the teams it faces, adjusting for defense and various things. The Giants were the third most consistent team in the NFL this year. They played their game week in, week out, quarter in, quarter out. And it they basically just let all the other teams screw up around them. Yeah, they definitely did. A lot of teams would just shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, just thinking about the dropped interceptions throughout the season, Randy Bullock missing the field goal in week one, which wasn't even the big storyline. To me, the big storyline was the tone set by Brian Dable to go for two, and then Saquon Barkley making an excellent individual effort to make a tackle or miss. Little plays like that can end up going a long way. And I think another huge aspect to the success of the 2022 Giants is what Joe Shane did before the season and during the season, adding so many key contributors throughout the year who are still having a huge impact and will have a big impact in Minnesota in the wild card game. And guys that are kind of either on practice squads or on the scrap heap that still have a lot of good football left and this coaching staff is getting the most out of them. Yeah, we talked about the Giants wide receivers with uh Darius Slayton, who was all basically everybody had him cut during training camp. And then Richie James brought in because the Giants needed a returner from somewhere. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins brought in again because the Giants just needed to find some depth for their wide receiving core from somewhere. And those three guys have turned into a pretty solid, I would say, 11 personnel package. And you you mentioned in the first half how you know, some Giants fans are are uh, dismissive of those three players that they're just practice squad players that you know the the Giants have 
you know, failed on offense because they've got these no-name receivers who are just garbage. And that just is not true. I think there are a few teams around the league who would be happy to have these guys as their 11 personnel package. Now, the Giants don't have a number one receiver. That's one of the things I think we can talk about them needing to address later on. But James, Hodgins, Slayton, they have stepped up in a huge way. Then you've got Landon Collins, Jalen Smith, uh, Nick McLeod, Jason Pinnock, Fabian Moreau, guys who were, they weren't on anybody's radar. And they have stepped up to play some pretty big roles in the Giants defense that in and of itself has played a pretty big role in the Giants being in the playoffs right now. And they've done this, Joe Shane and that front office, with n- literally like no cap space and $72 million allocated to a wide receiver who can't really see the football field. It's kind of remarkable when you think about it in that manner. Yeah, it is incredible. It's not even remarkable. It, it, Joe Shane honestly might have a claim towards executive of the year. I, I think that might go to maybe down to Miami or something like that, but... I what the Giants front office and coaching staff has done this year is nothing short of amazing. And you know, all the credit in the world to those guys for really making a silk purse out of a sow's ear, to use the uh, slightly less vulgar phrasing for that sentiment. <laughs> nice, Chris. Thank you for your wisdom. But yeah, no, it's been excellent. And I think a a big reason why I'm so happy and and ready for the future with this Giants franchise is because Joe Shane and Brian Dable share the same vision, right? That isn't something that is consistent across the NFL. And I think fans and people who cover the game, we think it is, right? We think everybody is on the same page all the time. It's not like that. I don't think it's been like that for the Giants in, in over the last decade or two decades where the general manager and the head coach weren't necessarily on the same page. But Joe Shane and Brian Dable, they are. And they're like best friends too, man. They go up on the podium together. Like I absolutely love that fact. And I think that this team is going to be built the right way. Will mistakes be made? Sure, mistakes are always made. But I think they will do the right thing to rectify those mistakes and not just sit on them and be like, no, it's going to be okay. It'll work itself out. I think they really, I think the Giants are in really good hands right now with Joe Shane and Brian Dable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, the Giants fans have even seen firsthand what happens when the coach and GM are not on the same page. They don't see the game through the same eyes. You know, we saw it with, uh, Jerry Reese and Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin is an old school guy. He wanted to build the Giants to win in 1990. And Jerry Reese, I think, kind of, I think he was attempting to anticipate the way the NFL was starting to go with, you know, hybrid tight ends and edge defenders who don't fit neatly into the defensive end or outside linebacker box. And I think a lot of the friction between those two visions for how the team or how the game was going to be played and how the team would be constructed, that was responsible for a lot of the Giants' struggles after 2011. And then we saw what happened with Ben McAdoo, who, you know, I'm not sure Jerry Reese even wanted to be the Giants' head coach, (laughs) when he was uh, promoted from offensive coordinator. And then we saw with 
Dave Gettleman and the rotating cast of head coaches there where, yeah, the, I don't think there was ever anything like a consensus. It was, that was just a mess. <laughs> so it, it is so nice to have everybody kind of rowing the boat in one direction. Way to call out Clint Sintom and Travis Beckham there, Chris. <laughs> I, you could have gone with a few with others. It could have gone with uh, Evan Ingram and Adrian Tracy. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. I was more so thinking of the edge rusher at the tight end when you brought that up a few minutes ago. But no, I, I understand there have been a lot of those hybrid type of individuals. And Evan Ingram, I mean, Evan Ingram always had talent. It's just none of the coaching staffs used Evan Ingram to his potential. And now we're seeing what that potential is down in Jacksonville. And honestly, I'm kind of happy for the guy. Good for him, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's he has had the best year of his career since his rookie season. And, you know, I'm happy for him. Absolutely. So Chris, before we get out of here, I think we should discuss some of the things that the New York Giants need to improve. And this is unfortunate because I think Evan Neal is the first name that comes to my mind. And this isn't necessarily a long-term thing. We're only really talking right now about this wildcard game because hopefully Evan Neal will get into the offseason. Maybe the, he's playing injured. He was injured in the middle of this year, and he's had to overcome that. And maybe he'll be a more balanced player. He'll play with a more disciplined technique, which I felt like we saw against the Colts. But then against Philadelphia, man, he just struggled again. Like This is somebody who isn't averse to seeing, wasn't averse to seeing speed back in college, right? Like he played at Alabama. He went to IMG Academy. This guy was going up against the best of the best at every level, but now he seems to really struggle with some of these speed rushers. And it might be a mental thing at this point, but I'm a little concerned about Evan Neal heading into Minnesota, a game where he struggled just a few short weeks ago against Daniel Hunter, gave up a sack against DJ Wanham, who is a backup edge rusher. What are your thoughts on Evan Neal heading into this Minnesota Vikings game? Yeah, I, I think he has. He still has a lot of work to do. I think he's got to work on getting his feet and hands synced up. He's got to work on being more, much more of a knee bender than a hip bender. And there, there's a lot of things that I think are common to rookie tackles. And you know, like our friend Mark Schofield is fond of saying, development isn't linear. Yeah, you know, it isn't a a process of you know, getting just a little bit better every single day. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have periods where things start to click and things feel good. And then maybe you try to incorporate a new technique and yeah, thing that, that messes something else up elsewhere and learning, improving, developing. That is a very involved process. And the fact that as you said, Evan Neal got hurt during the season. He missed time. Yeah, that is going to delay your development. Maybe he was playing hurt or, or attempting to practice hurt. That can introduce uh, compensations, even without you know, knowing about it, realizing it. That can mess up your movement patterns. So I think just whenever the Giants are done playing this year, the biggest thing for Evan Neal will be to Take some time, get right, get healthy, and then just go to work. And from the ground up, and I think he absolutely has 
all the potential in the world to, to be an incredible bookend with Andrew Thomas. It's just a matter of realizing that potential and becoming just a consistent player. Maybe he doesn't have incredible reps all the time, but make sure his bad reps are not drive breaking. <laughs> Which is unfortunate, too, because he had seven pressures allowed, and it says one sack according to Pro Football Focus, but I think you could probably even say two sacks against that Minnesota Vikings team. He finished the year with 39 pressures allowed, seven sacks allowed according to Pro Football Focus, which was of all offensive linemen the 19th most in terms of pressures. But again, he played less than 500 pass blocking snaps. A lot of the guys who are ahead of him played more than 500, so it wasn't the best rookie season. I don't think it was as dire of a situation or what it seemed like a dire situation uh, than the 2020 season with Andrew Thomas. I felt like Andrew Thomas probably looked worse than Evan Neal, but I feel like Evan Neal is in a more stable situation than Andrew Thomas was dating back to that. We all know what Andrew Thomas developed into. I'm a little worried heading into the offseason. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't, but I'm not ready to abandon ship or anything like that. I just hope he does everything that you said. Get right, get back to training, come back for a strong year too. It's hard to play tackle in the NFL. I think we have to consider that. Yeah, it really is. And I something else the Giants can do to help him is figure out the right guard position. They mm -hmm. brought in Mark Lewinsky. He was supposed to be the savvy vet. He was supposed to be the stabilizing force to help out the rookie right tackle. And you know, he has been kind of a problem for the Giants. And I think one we weren't really expecting. I think a lot of people were more concerned about the left guard position and the center position than the right guard position. And having a shaky guard next to a rookie tackle is that is just a recipe for disaster sometimes. And figuring out that right guard position, whether it is uh, drafting somebody, maybe Joshua Zudu can slide over. He's played right guard before and have Ben Bredesen be the permanent starter at left guard or maybe signing another free agent. But figuring out that right guard, I think, is going to be one of the big things the Giants have to do this offseason. And then also, you know, we mentioned the Giants don't have a number one receiver. I think there's a few a few positions on their roster where they could, they need to find a number one or a one B type guy, you know, wide receiver, I think edge because of just the injury concerns around Aziz Ojolari and also linebacker. We've mentioned that just about every week, the giants need a, an off ball, if not Mike linebacker, and then a cornerback one B who can start across from Adoree Jackson, especially since Adoree Jackson has his own injury concerns. Yeah. He has, been consistently injured since he's been in the NFL. Yeah, he has. And there are guys that are young on this roster that are either playing valuable snaps right now, guys like Michael McFadden, who you hope develop, guys who are injured, Aaron Robinson, Darian Beavers, but we can't expect them to be ready and up to speed, right? So you need to invest in the cornerback, like you said, linebacker, edge, wide receiver. I feel like all those are are positions that the Giants will look to upgrade interior offensive line as well. But Chris, do you have anything else before we get out of here? No, I think we've put a pretty neat bow on the season, and now it's time to turn our attention back to the Minnesota Vikings because yeah, I think there's quite a few wrinkles in this game to explore. 
it's going to be fun to dive back into the week 16 tape and see exactly what happened now that we know the Giants will be traveling back to Minnesota to play the Vikings. But thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please like, comment, subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. Also, go on over to our YouTube, look up Big Blue View, have a lot of content hitting that platform, and also go to BigBlueView.com for all of our written content. Thank you, everyone, and have a lovely one. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, mom. No. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts.